Hi everybody, I'm Peter Jacobson, and welcome to Jake's Takes. I hope you're as excited as I am about the two upcoming skins matches being played here, one of them this weekend. It's been about eight weeks since we saw any golf played on the PGA Tour, which was the first round of the Players' Championship at the middle of March before everything shut down. So the announcement that May 17, the TaylorMade Driving Relief Skins match is going to happen. I was so excited. I'm so tired of (laughs) watching movies and doing nothing. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be interesting. Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson will be playing Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf, two Oklahoma State alumnuses, in the Skins match. Supported by United Healthcare Group, it's going to be at Seminole Golf Club in Florida. The first time you're ever going to see Seminole Golf Club on television, and I'm really excited about that. But first of all, these four players are going to be playing a skins match with all the money going to charity, which is exciting. Three million dollars are going to be going to the American Nurses Foundation and the CDC Foundation. McElroy and Dustin are playing for the American Nurses Foundation, and Ricky and Matthew playing for the CDC Foundation. If you don't know anything about these, these two fantastic organizations, look them up. They are, they are doing some incredible work during this pandemic. But many thanks to, as I mentioned earlier, United Health Group, also Farmers Insurance. They're going to make a $1 million pledge based on birdies and eagles made during this skins match. Now, You've got to think that McElroy and Dustin Johnson are the clear favorites. McElroy ranked number one in the world, and Dustin Johnson's ranked number five. And they've won 38 PGA Tour events between them and five majors. And they're playing against Ricky Fowler, who's ranked 27 in the world, and tour rookie Matthew Wolf, who already has one win under his belt, who's ranked 110th in the world. Between those two, they have six... PGA Tour wins. But on paper, it looks like an unfair match. But on the golf course, per hole, per shot, per day, anyone can win. It's going to be televised by NBC and Golf Channel. I wish I was doing the broadcast, but I will not be involved. But I'm going to talk to Gary Koch later on in the podcast about the special place that is Seminole Golf Club. And then the following weekend, on May 24th, We're going to see the match, Champions for Charity. It's a bit of a rematch that we saw, oh God, about a couple years ago of the match between Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. I was actually doing the broadcast on that. And they're going to be joined by two very special partners. Phil Mickelson will partner with Tom Brady, formerly of the New England Patriots, now of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the, the probably the greatest quarterback in the history of the game playing against Tiger Woods, who will be joined by Peyton Manning, another Hall of Fame superstar quarterback. They're going to be playing at the Medalist Golf Club in Hope Sound, Florida, and it'll be televised by TBS, TNT, True TV, and HLN. Now, I'm so excited about this as well because I'm tired of watching Forensic Files, although I'm a huge Forensic Files fan, and I hate to miss the Impractical Jokers marathon on True TV, but I'm going to skip it and I'm going to tune in to watch this match. 
Interesting format. The first nine will be a best ball between these two teams of two. And then the back nine will be an alternate shot, a modified alternate shot. The players will both drive. They'll pick the best shot, and then they'll alternate in until they finish the hole. Open microphones on all four of these players, which which I love. Now, remember the match that Phil and Tiger did? There were open microphones there, and we actually were told. I was in the booth with Ernie Johnson and Darren Clark, and we also had Charles Barkley, Pat Perez, and Samuel L. Jackson. And we were going to have so much fun listening to Phil and Tiger give each other a hard time and needle each other. But once they got past the first green, boom, game faces came on and there was no interaction. So we ended up doing most of the broadcast, most of the the commentary. And I know we were ripped by the golf fans watching because they wanted to hear Phil and Tiger trash talk each other. But guess what? There was no trash talking going on. In fact, during the telecast, we were mentioning that we should take Charles Barkley and put him on Team Tiger and Sam Jackson, put him on Team Phil. And that would really spice up the interaction between the two players or the four guys and the challenges and side bets. And that would have been really fun. So I'm so excited to see that they've they've done that. I wouldn't say Brady and Manning are comedians. They certainly don't have the personalities of a Charles Barkley or a Samuel L. Jackson, but I think it's going to add some spice. Remember, between Brady and Mickelson, they've won 11 Super Bowls and major championships, whereas Tiger and Peyton Manning have won 17 Super Bowls and majors. So again, it's hard to say who's got the advantage here. I just think it's going to be an awesome competition, and it's going to be more fun and more about charity than it is about competition. Certainly bragging rights are at stake, and that's going to be the side benefit of all this. But let's be honest, $10 million going to charity. Organizations like Direct Relief, the American Red Cross, Save Small Business, and the All In Challenge from these four guys and also Warner Media. That's an astounding amount of money that is going to go to help fight what's been happening to all of us in this coronavirus pandemic. So my hat is off to these players. More money will be raised throughout the telecast through challenges during the round. For example, if Phil's in the bunker and he challenges he challenges Tiger, he says, look, I'll, I'm going to get this up and down for 100 grand. Kind of like we do at the club when we're betting. We don't bet 100 grand on a shot. I don't. Maybe you do. But maybe it's a, maybe it's a dollar or five bucks or maybe it's a dime. I don't know. But I think there's a chance that we could see some significant challenges because I think both Phil and Tiger learned from the last match that they need to spice things up. And let's face it, these guys have some money in the bank. I think that they can uh, they could afford it. Remember the match they played two years ago was in Las Vegas and Phil beat Tiger in a four-hole playoff and he won nine million bucks. So Phil's got house money to play with. But I love both of these events. Why? Sometimes it takes an emergency situation like this pandemic to get everyone's attention and everybody can leave their ego at the door. Having Woods, Mickelson, Brady, Peyton Manning, all these players give up their time and their money to do the right thing. I love that. So my hat is off to everybody that's going to be involved in these two matches, these two charity skins matches. I'm I'm proud of all of them for participating. And as I said, 
checking their ego at the door. The other thing is we get to see two excellent golf courses we don't get to see on a yearly basis. Seminole Golf Club is is magic. I've had a chance to play there a few times, and it is something to see. So keep your eyes peeled for the magnificence of Seminole. We also get to see the Medalist Golf Club, which was originally designed by Greg Norman and Pete Dye in 1995. It is, it, at that time, it was probably recognized as the most difficult golf course in the United States, maybe in the world, but it has been softened since then. And I've played there, went out and played with my good friend Olin Brown, and it is a heck of a good track. Again, not many people get to see it or get to play it or get to know about it, but we're going to have a chance to see it on TV. But I would say the major reason I love these two events is because of the unique nature of the formats. We see we see stroke play competition on all tours all around the world. And we know that skins isn't new, either is a best ball format or alternate shot. But combining the teams in this format adds so much. It takes pressure off you as a player. That means you could smile and have some fun and joke around. We see head-to-head matches in the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup and certainly in the U.S. Amateur and other events. But it's fun to see pros going head-to-head and basically taking them out of their comfort zone. We're used to playing stroke play competition week in and week out. So this is going to be really fun to watch. Plus, no one makes money in these in these two events. At least, I don't think so. But even if they are making money, I'm okay with that. Because these events are a catalyst to generate huge sums of money for the right reasons right now. For coronavirus pandemic relief, what everybody in the world is suffering, I just think it is an awesome thing. And I am so looking forward to these next two weekends to see competitive golf again. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. The fans are fired up and making sure they show it. They're and loud, not your usual crowd. It's a jungle in I'm a sports nut, and if you're anything like me, the first thing you do every morning is grab your phone and check to see what may have happened overnight in the world of sports. But Mondays are for golf. Once the weekend is over and the golf tournaments around the world are complete, whether they're on the professional tours or in the amateur world, I know I'll find what I need on Global Golf Post. It comes to my email every Monday morning delivering everything I need to know as I dissect what happened over that weekend. It also offers insight and analysis from experienced writers and contributors who are as committed to the game as I am. And it's pretty easy to sign up. Just log on to globalgolfpost.com and you're done. And for even more great content, you can subscribe to Global Golf Post Plus, which takes a deeper dive into the world of golf, exploring the people, places, and things that makes this game we love so intoxicating. And with Global Golf Post Plus, there's no advertising. Use the promo code JAKESTAKES when you sign up to receive 30% off your monthly subscription to Global Golf Post Plus. So remember, globalgolfpost.com. It's everything you're going to need to know about this game of golf. We all know it. You've been here before. 
Okay. All right. Well, let's get started. It won't take too much of your time. I'm, I'm no happy problem. now to be joined by Gary Koch, six-time winner on the PGA Tour, and my broadcast colleague with NBC Sports and Golf Channel, who will be a part of the NBC broadcast team this Sunday covering the TaylorMade Driving Relief Match benefiting the COVID-19 relief efforts. Gary, you've been you've been doing TV a long time. You've been working for about 30 years after a successful career on the PGA Tour, and you've seen so many exciting things in the game. You've covered Ryder Cups, President's Cups, major championships, which always draw huge rating numbers. But I think these next two weekends, these two made-for-TV-for-charity events will will draw huge numbers, don't you think? Oh, I would think so, Peter. Uh, I mean, I think there's just such a pent-up demand for something live, uh, sports-wise, for uh, viewers to watch. And, you know, I think the great thing about this is, uh, you know, normal golf telecasts capture what we call hardcore golf fans, uh, fans that will tune in, doesn't matter what network the golf coverage is on, they'll find it and they'll watch it. But I think this, uh, these two events will, will capture uh, your, your non-hardcore golf fans. It's going to capture sports fans. So therefore, I think uh, you're absolutely correct. I think the ratings will be huge. Uh, people are just looking to find something that's actually live. Well, before we talk about this weekend's event at Seminole, I want to get your opinion on the event coming next weekend, May 24th, uh, which is uh, sponsored by Capital Ones. It's called Capital Ones The Match, Champions for Charity, with uh, with Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, joining joined with uh, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning at the medalist. And as you just mentioned, I think having Brady and Manning is not only going to add some spice, but it's going to probably bring sports fans to watch that normally wouldn't watch golf because they're they're football fans, they're Brady and Manning fans. Oh, I agree with that 100%. And, you know, I, I think it's going to attract fans just from the standpoint they want to see how Peyton Manning and Tom Brady can hold <laughs> up under the pressure of, uh, you know, p- competing with two of the best that uh, have ever played at the professional level. And uh, I saw where the format is, uh, I guess, better ball, best ball, the uh, first nine holes, and then some sort of modified alternate shot format on the back nine. So uh, Mr. Brady and Mr. Manning are going to have to step up and hit some shots that uh, actually will mean something. So that'll be fun to watch. I always have said that team sports, as great as they are, if basketball you've got five <laughs> on your team and football you've got 11, uh, sometimes those, I call them eraser sports, where you can make a bad throw and a receiver can make a great catch. In golf, as you well know, when you're standing over that five-footer to win, it's all you. <laughs> There's no teammates to make a great catch. <laughs> it's all you, and um, that's that's something that Brady and Manning are going to learn uh, live and on TV, which will be interesting <laughs> to watch. Yeah, it certainly will be. And um, you know, I'm sure they've you know both have played a lot of golf, and I'm sure both have probably played in some money matches and stuff like that, and and probably played with guys that were you know, trash talking back and forth, which I'm sure there'll be plenty of that in this uh, as well. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, standing over a five-, six-foot putt that, that actually means something with uh, millions of people watching and, uh, you know, your pride on the line, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they react. Well, the first match we saw between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson from Las Vegas, what was it like? 
I don't know, a year and a half ago, didn't really live up to the billing of the trash talking that we thought would happen between these two. But I think maybe with the addition of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, it may loosen them up to where do you think we might hear a little bit more of the needle going back and forth? Oh, I don't think there's any question about that, Peter. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, team sports are different. Uh, team sports, you know, it's not unusual at all for trash talking to go on, uh, <laughs> especially when you're you're going head to head, you know, against an opponent, uh, another team. So I, I think those guys, I think Brady and Manning will uh, will definitely, you know, encourage that. They'll bring more of that. I, I thought in watching the first match with Tiger and Phil, you know, they were both so intent on beating the other uh, that both of them kind of got into lockdown mode as to how they normally play on a, in a PGA Tour event, which is, you know, you, you've played for years, I've played for years. I mean, trash talking, you know, when we're competing in a PGA Tour event, it almost never happens. I mean, maybe if you and I are in next to last and last place playing on Sunday together out, you know, before anybody else is on the golf course, maybe there might be a little needling back and forth. But, uh, you know, if you're in serious contention in a golf tournament, there's none of that going on. So I, I think, uh, I think the two football players will definitely bring that, uh, that, you know, aspect of it into it. And certainly, you know, I think from a viewer standpoint, make it more interesting. All right, now back to this weekend's uh, skins match between Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson. We'll be playing against Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf, and I am so excited about this because more importantly than the golf, in my mind, we're all going to get our first televised look at one of the world's most interesting courses in South Florida, really probably in the world, uh, in Seminole Golf Club, and you've played there many times. I, I know you love it. What what are you excited about uh, being on the ground watching these players play Seminole? Well, I think you know, as you mentioned, Peter, it, it's an opportunity for uh, you know the the general public to kind of get a, a, a glimpse of a place that uh, you know probably a lot of them have heard about but have never had a chance to see anything about it. And uh, you know, I think it'll give Seminole a chance to show itself off for what it is, which is a to me, a wonderful golf course, a great Donald Ross design on a very unique piece of property, but also a very, you know, you've been there, I've been there. It's it's a very comfortable feeling place uh, for a place that uh, that has the notoriety that it does. Once you walk on the property, you just feel very comfortable, and I think that'll come across uh, in this broadcast. There won't be any people there to speak of, but uh, <laughs> just, it's just a very, you know, it's just a very calming kind of place. Now, unlike most of Florida, the great thing about the design is it's very unlike Florida. There are a lot of elevation changes, which people may not see on TV, but as uh, as you and I both know playing there, it's it really makes the approach shots to the green so much more difficult, especially when the wind blows. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, and as I mentioned, it's a very unique piece of property. There's a huge sand ridge on the western side of the property that that runs you know the length of the property and then on the eastern side right up against the the atlantic ocean you know is kind of a, a dunesy feel and another high area and you know it's amazing that ross was able to route the golf course to where you know and in between those two areas there's just a it's very low and very flat but when you play the golf course there's literally only four holes that uh, are totally in the low area and that's 1 8 9 and 10 and every other hole 
either has a green setting or a tea setting or both uh, in the high areas. So it's a, it's a wonderful design, uh, and you're right. Uh, you know, typical of most Donald Ross golf courses, the approach shots into the green are the critical shots. Uh, these greens, like a lot of Donald Ross designs, have a, little, a lot of false edges, false fronts. Uh, I know second hole, I mean, you've played it, I've played it, relatively straightforward, par four, green sits up, kind of cut into the side of the sand ridge. You can hit what you think is a good shot. Uh, you start walking up to the green, and 50 yards after you hit the shot, all of a sudden you see your ball come trickling down <laughs> and into a bunker that's about 10 feet below the level of the green. So um, it, it'll be fun to watch from that standpoint and uh, see if these great professionals can, um, you know, can figure out how to how to play good approach shots into the greens. Yeah, it's a great point you make. We use in golf, we use the term GIR, which is greens in regulation. That's where your ball stops on the green, but it's seminal. People talk about GVR, which is green visited <laughs> in regulation. Because as you said, you may think your ball stopped on the green, and you only need to walk up, and it it might even still be rolling back to you, <laughs> coming off a false front. There's just so many subtleties on and around the greens at Seminole that uh, really make it interesting. Now the golf course isn't long, as you know, sixty, sixty six, sixty seven hundred yards in length, which is short by today's standards, but I think if the wind does blow, and even with a wedge, these guys aren't comfortable putting the ball into the corners. I think a lot of times you just play to the middle of the greens, don't you? Well, I think that's certainly the way uh, those who play there a lot try to play the golf course. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting in this format since it is a, a team, you know, best ball skins. You would think that the guys would probably try to play a little more aggressively. Uh, there is a uh, an additional million-dollar birdie and eagle pool that uh, is being uh, contributed by Farmers Insurance, uh, again, to go to charity. So, uh, you know, the more money will be raised, the more birdies and eagles that are made. So I think these guys will play aggressively. It'll be fun to watch uh, if they can pull it off. Uh, you mentioned the length of the golf course. You know, it is a little longer than that now because they've added some new tees in preparation for the Walker Cup match that will be held there in May of next year. So, uh, you know, a couple of the par fours have gotten a little longer. They've, they've pushed some tees, you know, farther back. But the bottom line is all four of the par fives, doesn't matter what the wind condition, uh, they'll be able to, these guys will be able to reach them in too. So could see some fireworks on those four holes. There is a little intrigue to the golf course also because uh, reportedly, and I think this is a fact, Ben Hogan used to, play and practice at Seminole in preparation for the Masters at Augusta National, probably because of the similarity of the greens. Uh, I think, uh, you know, as, as Hogan was quoted, uh, I read one book uh, about Seminole that, uh, you know, he, he loved the golf course so much because of the precision that was required, the shots that were needed to be played and the precision that was demanded. And uh, I, I think that was uh, one of the reasons why it was one of his favorite places uh, my understanding is you're right. He was he would spend at least a month or so there, uh, playing practice every day before the Masters in April. Uh, actually, I believe they made him an honorary member back in the '50s. So uh, he it was certainly a place that he enjoyed playing and practicing. Well, well, I'll be watching this weekend. Tell us. Uh, I believe it's you and Tarico and Asinger on the coverage. Is that right? Uh, yes, uh, Mike uh, Tarico will be uh, kind of hosting from his home up in Michigan. 
then uh, in the studio will be Rich Lerner, will be kind of the lead play-by-play guy, uh, Paul Azinger and myself as analysts. And then actually on site at Seminole, uh, we're trying to, have, you know, of course, minimize the number of people there, but we will have Jerry Foltz who will be on the ground following the group. And then Steve Sands, our regular guy who does interviews, will be uh, will be conducting some of those as well. Uh, interestingly, Peter, I, I got a memo uh, last night saying it looks as though the players are going to be walking and carrying their own bags. Um, I'm glad wow. you and I didn't get asked to play because I'm not <laughs> sure you and I could, could make 18 holes carrying our own bags. Well, uh, I, I, I know you're going to have a blast, and I give these four guys uh, all the credit in the world for doing something for to help those that are helping us through all these really difficult times. But uh, this Sunday, May 17th, on NBC Sports at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, and it will be great to see live golf again, and it can't come soon enough. I'm with you on that, Peter. I think uh, everybody's, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff that we've been watching, uh, great old uh, golf tournaments and, and basketball games and football games, it's nice to relive the past, but uh, it, it's time now to, to see some live stuff, and uh, I think this is going to be a great opportunity for the viewers. play as many PGA Tour events anymore, or, or PGA Tour Champions Tour events for that matter. But when I do, I'm always traveling with my golf clubs. When I'm traveling with my golf clubs, that means that they're in my club glove. It's one of the most dependable pieces of luggage I've had my entire career. And players like Brooks Kepka, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, on and on and on, they trust club glove as well. You know you want to arrive safely, but you want your clubs to be there as well, and they usually do, thanks to my club glove. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. The fans are fired up, making sure they show it. They're rowdy and loud, not your usual crowd. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. Well, it's been announced that the PGA Tour plans to start up again in mid-June in Fort Worth, Texas at the Charles Schwab Challenge. And right now it's been announced that there are going to be no fans in attendance, which is going to be very weird. It won't affect the television. It's still going to be great golf, and you're going to have announcers, and you're going to have golfers playing and hitting golf shots, but you won't hear a lot of applause. You won't hear the roars and the screams that we're accustomed to on a PGA Tour event. In fact, I think the plans are, the preliminary plans, are to have no fans for the first four events. And maybe it depends on those states' lockdown rules. I don't know. We really don't know that much about what's going on with each state and each tournament. Those tournaments obviously know intimately well what is expected of them and what they can do and what they can't do. But I'm also hearing that maybe the PGA Championship and the Ryder Cup, the U.S. Open and the Masters to be played 
later this fall and into the winter are maybe thinking about having no fans either. So again, it won't affect the the product on TV. We're all going to pull up close to the TV and watch these great players play these events. And we're going to see major championship trophies handed out. But without fans in attendance, being a player, knowing how much you you gain from having the fans talking to you or screaming for you, the energy and the in the atmosphere is, it would feel like a practice round to me. And in fact, in practice rounds and pro-am rounds, there are fans. So it would feel like I was playing around with friends at my home club. And I just don't know how I would feel about that as a competitor. If I'm Tiger or, or Rory or Ricky or a PGA Tour rookie who might be nervous, maybe they don't want fans. I don't know. But I think an experienced player, a player like Mickelson, like Tiger, like McElroy, like Fowler, who has huge fans, and you know when you go to a golf tournament, they're going to have some of the largest galleries following them. I don't know how they're going to feel about it. Will they play? Will they stay home? Will Will they play one tournament and say, wow, this is too weird for me. I feel like I'm I'm at home playing with my friends. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. I think Brooks Kepka was quoted as saying, a lot of players are going to lose balls because there's no fans surrounding the greens or the fairways to stop their ball as they're heading either out of bounds or over a green. That's certainly something to think about. But I think the normal way of looking at a PGA Tour event is there are thousands of fans out on the golf course following a, a few players, yes. And some of the unknown players don't have many fans at all. But Still, a PGA Tour event or any tour event without fans, boy, I still can't wrap my head around that. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Jake's Takes podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Peter Jacobson. These have been my takes. What are yours?